Hello, hello. Welcome to Mixtape and Identity. I'm your host, Shane. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 47, and my guest this week is Kevin Bartel. Thank you so much for joining me for the 47th case of Mixtape and Identity. My guest this week is Kevin Bartelt. Uh, Kevin is a podcast producer. Um, you will no doubt be familiar with some of his work, currently working on the flagrant ones. And uh, yeah, just an insane uh, discography. Is that the right word? Uh, just back catalog of, uh, of podcasts that he's worked on. Um, this one for me was a, a listener suggestion. So shout out to I Am The Egg Boy, who point me in Kevin's direction. Um, Kevin was looking to, to get onto some podcasts to promote uh, his YouTube video, which is Where the Potty At. Um, I'll talk more about that at the end of the show, but it is genuinely very, very good. Um, I did uh, make an effort to watch that before recording this, so I can genuinely hand on heart saying I have watched it. I really, really liked it. Um, so yeah, a really fun list. I, I said to him at the end uh, after recording that uh, genuinely like some ridiculously good songs that I've, I've taken away and listened to constantly now. And it's a really, really fun chat. Kevin came at this with uh, with a lot of sincerity and a lot of enthusiasm. Some very genuine, heartfelt stories, some very, very funny stories as well. So overall, it's an extremely good episode. So I'm excited for you to hear it. If you're new here, this is your first time listening, just let you know that the, the playlist that we're talking about is already available on Spotify. You can check that out uh, if you search for Mixtape and Identity as the profile on Spotify, uh, all one word. Um, all the links are in the description anyway, and the best place to get updates is Instagram, at Mixtape and Identity. I'll be back at the end of the show, but for now, we'll get into episode 47 of Mixtape and Identity with Kevin Bartel. So, how often do you actually listen to music at the moment, Kevin? I just got my Spotify wrapped, and it said I had 36,000 minutes. Um, okay. So, whatever that is. I, I listen every day. Um, and um, I, I try to... I don't know if I would say I make time for it, but I, um, I've played music more of my life than I haven't at this point. And so I feel a release um, of stress whenever I I put on music. I just went to the dentist, listened to music the whole way there, the whole way back in the waiting room. I'm probably guilty of like going out of my way (laughs) to listen to music at times where it's maybe inappropriate. Um, Just like being uh, like not like a wedding inappropriate, but like at a in line at the grocery store where it's like, you probably should take out your AirPods and start talking to the, the grocer or something. Right, um, sure. I just, I, it's such a blanket to me that mm. um, I, I, I have to have a excuse to listen to it right. almost every day. Uh, maybe there's like one or two days a year where I don't listen to music. Okay. Fair enough. And when you're listening, then are you trying to find new music or do you tend to go back to old familiar sometimes um often i just kind of jump to whatever is at the top of my spotify which is often like a liked playlist and so i'm i'm definitely like maybe not getting stuck but i i I find myself kind of going into um the same i i find these waves that i just go into for like months at a time Mm -hmm. um some of it in, in 
the songs that I selected today. Uh, I would say maybe like one or two days a month. I don't know why I'm providing all these specific numbers, but maybe it's helpful. Um, Spotify wrapped. Entirely. Yeah. A few days a month. I'm like, okay, let's, let's think outside the box here. Like we don't need sure. to like listen to the same thing over and over and over again. Cause yeah. that gets boring. And then I also like try to actively at times stop listening to a thing. Cause I know I'm like, I like this and I don't want to be, cause there's bands that, like Weezer is a good example for me. I just got like burned out on Weezer because right. I heard it too much. Um, mm. I wouldn't say I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan at all, but the LA radio ruined the Chili Peppers for me. Um, where it was just like, <laughs> the joke is when you turn on an LA rock radio station, you're rather going to hear like Chili Peppers, Weezer, or Green Day within like 10 minutes. Like just right, one okay. of those will come on. And it's always annoying because it's like the new rock radio and it's like this song's 30 years old like i'm <laughs> i like scar tissue as much as the next person but i don't need to listen to it every day um right, okay. so i try to like every now and then like okay what's what's a new thing discover yeah, weekly is yeah. great for that because they take your music and then kind of give you suggestions based off of what you like mm. it's funny it's like la rock is like uh you know rats in new york yeah yeah that's statistic um yeah <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. Um, but yeah, I don't listen to the radio too much. But whenever I do, it mm. uh, is annoying uh, out here because it's just yeah. truly the same eight songs over and over again. Right. Yeah. 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 I do get that though. Like I, I, you know, obviously I have to, I, I listen to music in a very different way from doing this show. Like I'm constantly sure. listening to other people's playlists. Um, but I do feel like for the most part my mentality is very much like it it does take a very specific mood or a specific mindset for me to be like okay let's try something new um, mm -hmm. especially if it is a, like a comfort thing then you typically i think it's very normal to go back to songs that you know and songs that you're comfortable with and totally you know it's not necessarily like an activity it's just something that you you have on just to something to focus on or you know. Yeah, and I sound a little hypocritical because I just said, like, I liked finding my comfort stuff. Like, I'll, I'll go back to stuff. But then, like, the radio will play, like, their quote-unquote comfort music. And then I'm like, man, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, but it's not my comfort music. That's yeah, exactly. Play my comfort music. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, perfect. Well, look, we'll, we'll jump into the list here. So, song one is a song that you fell in love with straight away. So, mm -hmm. uh, so you've gone for Humus? I believe so, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Yes, this is by a band, I believe is pronounced Igor. It's I-G-O-R-R-R. -R -R. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't even know a ton about them. I'm sure there's other examples uh, that represent more of my overall music listening experience, but I discovered this song, maybe someone showed me, I don't remember, a couple mm -hmm. years ago. And um, I like metal. I like fast music. Um, this is um, just bizarre experimental metal. And it has like um, almost like polka <laughs> or something going on in it. It's yeah. just very, um, it's high energy and it feels different than anything I've heard before. Right. Um, and... 
The music video is insane in a very cool way. It has this like demented adult swim animation feel to it that I really okay. enjoy. And it's funny. Right. Um, like, I think they know that like, it's, it's funny how bizarre it is. Um, right. yeah. And I really enjoyed the, the energy of it. So I was just like, um, instantly right when I hit play, I was like, I'm in, this is great. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a go-to when I need like a quick little pick-me-up. Right, sure. Okay, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to say I, I was a little surprised that this was the song for this category. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's intense. Um, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, like I've... I've talked a lot on the show about like like metal is a really good example like heavy heavy metal and um like heavy rock music um mm-hmm. I've talked about that a lot on the show and I, I like as an acquired taste I usually refer back to um the analogy I use is you know it's like whiskey mm-hmm. um you know when you know once you get over that initial sort of like woof, the hit then, of it yeah you know, there's little notes and like little things you can pick up on there's a lot of like sort of nuance to it you know that's not just a wall of noise um. Mm-hmm. But this to me, like, this is like, this would be like if someone tried like cheap tequila for the first time, like, mm, I'm getting like notes of apple in that. Is that right? Yeah. Um, it's mm, yeah, accordion. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so full on. Um, but yeah, like I have to say, like, yeah, it was a little bit more of an acquired taste for me, but I have to for say sure. after a few lessons, it was like, I'm, I'm on board. Like, it's, 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 intense, um, it's, a it's good time. bizarre. A lot of songs on this playlist that I made for this episode are like, um, I feel a like connection to them in a way that if you were to say, um, if you were trying to ask me to like cater it to like my friends or even your listeners or anyone, Mm. maybe I would have picked like half of these songs. I definitely would have picked, I definitely would not have picked this song, (laughs) but these are all songs that I listen to like a lot. Yeah. And I, I feel a connection to, and so like, this felt like kind of a fun first song pick because I, this was in my like top five last year, like most listened to songs. Oh yeah. And, um, like you said, the more you listen to it, um, you notice these, these things that I think like, aren't, you know, uh, normally what you think of with metal, like Mm. the saxophone, the like eight bit synth at the end that ends the song yeah the um like i said accordion is is so bizarre but the as a drummer i love the different like time signatures in it and the like kind of breakbeat stuff that happens throughout it right the different percussion instruments they have a fantastic like almost like mini documentary this band does about the making of this album and they play right. clips of them recording it and the different parts to it um, the acoustic guitar part, like the different people that have come in, um, the saxophonist, the accordion player, um, all coming in to record their different parts. Mm. And then this main guy, uh, Gautier Serre, I believe his name is, um, kind of just orchestrating it all. He's definitely the, the, the you know, the puppeteer behind it all. Mm. And it's it's very fascinating watching him kind of work with all these people to to put this music together yeah um and i've also seen 
because I, I was so fast, you know, my first thought was when I heard this was, wow, what does this sound like live? So mm. I tried finding it live. I don't think they have any like live performances of it. And right. then a lot of the comments are like, I'd love to see this live. I think maybe the closest thing is like one of the singers. Um, but obviously like a lot of it is just pre-recorded. Yeah, sure. And so a lot of the comments that I saw were like, it'd be cool to see all, you know, 12 musicians that put this song together like performing it together and i'm like yeah absolutely but mm. it maybe maybe it wouldn't like um uh be executed in a way that they feel like would give it justice i have no idea but hearing a song like this um i feel like really benefits from being put together in a studio by like 12 genius like classically trained musicians sure doing experimental metal in a way that I was like, wow, this is so out of the ordinary in a very cool, captivating way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on. Then song two is a song that took you a while. So you went for Dramamine by Modest Mouse. Yes. Modest Mouse was the first concert I ever went to. I was in seventh grade. Mm. Um, still love this band. Um, and uh, I should pull up some of their albums i so high energy um definitely like hit me at the right age hmm. um good news for people who love bad news and we were dead before the ship even sank right uh i've like burned out both of those uh cds just listen to them constantly and then even the one where this album is on this is a long drive for someone with nothing to talk about uh has a lot of uh good stuff on there but this one in particular, I think I was at an age where I needed to be kind of spoon-fed the structure of a song. And this yeah, beginning okay. felt very, like, noodling to me in a way that I I couldn't I couldn't connect with it. Um, right. a, a band that I love, but just this one song that I was like, why does everyone love this song so much? Like, mm. it just feels like... They're kind of like, for lack of a better word, just like dicking around. <laughs> um, sure. And then I re-listened to it recently and has now become like kind of my go-to right. Modest Mouse song um, that I really, really enjoy. And so I think it was just like right song, wrong age, maybe mm. something like that. Like musically, I wasn't there as a listener. Right. It just like wasn't hitting me the way float on dashboard the world at large did sure. um this just kind of felt like an interlude or something yeah but um we're listening to it recently i have now listened to it all the time i really enjoy it so excellent. yeah excellent yeah mm -hmm. i think like that that tends to happen most people i think is like you, you have a moment in your music listening where um i've talked about like the other side of it before where it's been a lot more enjoyable. We've heard something that's like completely different. You're like, whoa, I didn't know you were allowed to do that. And you're like really excited by it. But yeah, there's definitely bands and artists that I've come back to and I've thought like at the time I've listened to it and gone like, it's just fucking weird. It's just, so, <laughs> it's just too yeah. much going on. And like, why have the Radiohead's a big one for me. Like, okay, computer. Like when I first listened oh, I to I love that, Radiohead. Like, yeah. yeah. So first, I actually, to... I feel like I had a similar experience with that. Right. Yeah. Go um, ahead. By like literally, it was a friend of mine who like we had very similar taste in music. He said, "You will love OK Computer. You just need to listen to it a lot to get it." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work." 
I'm not going to do that. Um, until I did and eventually got into it. Um, yeah. It's funny you say Radiohead because I could have put a Radiohead song on all 15 of these questions <laughs> and like had to actively choose not to. And on a few of these specifically, I just like default put like a Radiohead track and then was like, don't be the guy who puts eight <laughs> Radiohead songs on a playlist. Um, so I had to like actively swap stuff out. But um, same experience. Like I got into them like early aughts. Um, couldn't connect with them in a way like creep and whatever. I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Hmm. Um, and then um, okay, computer and specifically Kid A listening to kid a in college right um uh really hit me as i'm sure it has a million people in college yeah. but uh kid a is definitely a comfort song uh comfort album right um everything in its right place i have put hundreds of listens into um but uh yeah so i definitely is uh radiohead is a great uh second like band for me that was had ebbs and flows but now is a much more go-to yeah yeah perfect um i really like drama mean as well like it, i like my my scope of music that i've listened to um before doing this show is very very small um mm -hmm. so like when i think modest mouse i think float on and i think nothing yes yeah um but yeah i really really like the song i think like it's um i, I get what you mean about it it's not like like people dicking around but um it, mm -hmm. do, it does have a little bit of that energy but it's um yeah, it's a really it's a it's a very beautiful and comforting song, I think. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's really, mm -hmm. really nice. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right, perfect. So song three is a song from your introduction to music. So you went for Louis Louis by the Kingsman. Yeah, this wasn't very like super young age, like toddler level, but I have a very specific memory when I think of like early music memories with this song, sure. which was in fourth grade. I was at a like school assembly for the music for like the band, I guess. Okay. And I liked music at that age a lot, had no sort of desires at all to play. And the band director was like, okay, the next song we're going to play is Louie Louie by the Kingsmen. And this eighth grader, Brendan King, who ended up becoming a professional soccer player, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, he played drums on this and was just like throwing down in a way that I was immediately, it immediately grabbed me. And I was like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. Right. Uh, watching him play drums to Louie Louie. And then I approached the band director the next day and was like, where do I sign up? I'm in. And then became a drummer for the rest of my life. And um, just that experience i still remember like where i was sitting what i was wearing granted it was a private school so i was wearing a uniform not like a lot of <laughs> options sure. and just watching him just mesmerized by like what he was doing mm. um in hindsight i'm sure he was playing just a basic beat over it but right. at 10 i was like this is the coolest thing ever um yeah. and so whenever i hear that song i always think of like this was the song that like changed music for me. Wow. Um, hearing him play it. Yeah. Okay. I really like that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. He was, um, I don't know. It was cool. I think for a lot of like young musicians too, like 
you need to hear a song you recognize to get into. Not that I even like maybe actively knew that song. I think it was in some like uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie that I right. that I watched with um, Chevy Chase. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, and um, so I recognized the song from that movie. Sure. And then was like, oh, I know that song. And then saw him playing it. And then was like, wow, I can play along to songs that I know. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, feels stupid saying it out loud. But at 10, I was no, like, I... wow, I could play along to the radio and stuff. Like yeah, it kind of no, was all connecting. I was exactly and... the same. Like that, that's that's why I wanted to play guitar is because I like I think Aerosmith is one of the, the bands I was listening to. Like That was the first song I learned on drums. Yeah, Dream right. On. Um, mm-hmm. so I was listening to Walk This Way and I was like, yep, I, like I would, I would love to play along. I would love to be able to play this song and yeah. make those sounds. And yeah, that's like, well, that was my initial thought. And then my mom said, no, you're going to play piano for, um, for f- five or 10 years. Uh, before <laughs> that. Uh, I was like, all right, fine. Um, so yeah, I got into it eventually, but, um, but no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And especially seeing something live, like seeing someone like physically do it in front of you and think, you know, I could do that. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool experience. Yeah, it, it was visceral. Um, the movie I was thinking of was called Man of the House. And it was a 1995 Disney comedy. Okay. Um, it uh, is problematic. I tried rewatching it, <laughs> kind of excited. Oh, this will be a fun childhood uh, movie to watch. And was like... Uh, let's pretend this night never happened. <laughs> oh, you did say Chevy Chase, though, didn't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. so there was a warning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, song four is a song that makes you happy. So we went for The Game of Love by Carlos Santana featuring Michelle this, Branch. This is by far the corniest song on the playlist. Big time. Um, I didn't realize that it was a song that made me happy until a couple months ago. Right. Um, so my my memory with this song is maybe it came out like 2011 or something, maybe even earlier. Um, uh, sorry, looking it up. I should know these things. Right. Um, but 2002. Okay. Wow. Earlier than I. Okay. So. I have a reason why I thought of 2011, though. So this song came out in 2002. I was 10. And um, my family really liked this song. We all thought it was cool. We liked Carlos Santana. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I just remember, like, me, my two younger sisters, and my parents just, like, dancing in the kitchen to this song. And just, like, it was just a, a nice family memory. Right. Uh, flash forward a few, you know, 10 years later, I'm in a, uh, percussion ensemble, um, that's doing a, a huge show. There's like 600 people there. One of the songs that we play is the game of love. I played like, uh, you know, bongos or something like there's like a few like percussion instruments in the back that me and, uh, there's like 12 people that played, including a, a, a singer who crushed Michelle Branch's part. I had a couple like percussion parts in the back my family was like so excited when um we played this because they were like this is the song 10 years ago we used to dance to all the time when you guys were kids 
And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Um, so they were super excited about it. Right. Um, Ten years later, this September, my sister gets married. One of the songs that plays during, you know, while everyone's dancing is this song. And there is this bizarre moment where all five of my family members, we just like appeared on the dance floor because we were like, oh, this is the song. And we all just like danced to the song again. Right. And the next day watching my dad explain it to my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So that song kind of saying like the history that I just explained. Uh-huh. It was like it, it gives me goosebumps just just recounting it right now because it was like this song that is <laughs> corny, whatever. <laughs> it's like a corny 2002 kind of pop song satana crushing it whatever michelle branch is is great mm. um not a song that i'm like y- y- y'all gotta l- listen to this tonight <laughs> like it's right. it's whatever but yeah. i didn't realize that i had this like decade spanning memory with it mm. that is reminds me of like a, a just a pleasant day with my family right um so um yeah, a song that makes me happy. I just was like, yeah, this song has been following me for like 20 years now. Wow. Um, so, yeah, kind of cool. That's really, really sweet. Like, I've, I've nothing nothing to say about the song um, because I, I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's so nice. Yeah, the song's cool. Um, yeah. It's whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's just weird when, like, songs like that just you have uh, – you know, and that's why I I like the premise of your podcast so much because you connect all of these songs with different experiences in your life, and yeah, uh, yeah it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's really nice to hear. It's, it's very very sweet. And like one of the things I'm sort of hanging on to here is like a. It's definitely something that I am conscious of as a a relatively young father. Yes, a relatively new father. Yes. Yeah. Um. 31 that's not relatively um <laughs> but as a, as a relatively new father yeah i i'm thinking a lot about how music plays into our lives and like like trying to make it fun and and like like dancing with him and having those moments and things like that so um i guess it's just really sweet to hear about like a, like a, that happening in a family where you know it's a thing that you experience as kids and then later in life and um coming in with the with the wedding that's that's really beautiful i really like that yeah it was, it was so bizarre like it's just a thing too that like was never like i feel like an active thing of like oh this you know no it's it's organic right? this you song know, got, yeah just yeah. it organically happened and right. then just kind of like has followed us now i feel like when you know uh my girlfriend and i get married it's like we gotta play this like this 100%. is now like and, and i know she has songs like that with her family too or it's like we got to have these five songs for my family and these, yeah, sure. you know, a handful of songs with yours. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, let's take the mood down. So song five. <laughs> let's, let's bum out real quick. <laughs> song five is a song that makes you sad. So you went for the Pam Sunday tornado hits crystal Lake by Sufjan Stevens. You know, there's so many Sufjan songs that I could have picked. So, uh, I was telling you before we started recording, my I told my friends I was doing this show, and then we started kind of playing this game, going through all the questions. And they said, Suf- my friend Harry said, I could do Sufjan for all 15. Right. Because um, he's like, they just have such different emotional impacts for them. Right. 
This one I don't think is is uh, very popular at all. I'm not even like a huge Sufjan fan, but again, I have a specific memory brings me back to it of a uh, very close friend of mine in college um, was an extremely talented musician. We went to high school together. He was a few years older than me. So he was a senior when I was a freshman, but we were both in drumline together. And then, so again, my, um, when I was a senior in college, he was, or sorry, when I was a freshman in college, he was a senior. And then he was there for another year. So we spent two years together in college. And he was the first person that, like, I knew people who had depression before then, but he was the first person that I was, like, very close to who had depression. Right. And uh, he had severe depression. He really, really struggled day to day. And one day he uh, he played this song. It's almost ex- uh, exclusively a piano part uh, with yeah. different parts underneath it. But he just played it for me. He just like sat down on the piano and was like, listen to how beautiful and sad this is. And then he played it. And I was like, that's it's phenomenal. And then he played me the um the song. And then so every now and then he he would play me this uh song on piano. It's just a very pretty um chord progression. And what also what I also like about it is there's no um like meter. There's no um like uh it doesn't feel like there's like a, a structure that you can follow. The chords just kind of happen mm. when they happen. Um you can't like play drums to it, for example. Yeah, I got you. Um it's just um these chords happening without any sort of uh like tempo is probably the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um and it feels like you're kind of just falling a little bit. It also feels like spacey with like the other instrumentation underneath it. Hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it reminds me of this man who is such an incredible person. And I just, I watched him struggle so much. And um, whenever I, I hear this song that I think on its own is a sad, beautiful song, yeah. But just like the man who introduced it to me also being like a sad, beautiful person. Right. Uh, there is just this kind of beautiful chemistry of the two um, that I always um, think about whenever I honestly like when I when I want to get it in my feels, I'll put this on. I'll put this on. I'll put Radiohead on. I'll put Elliot Smith on. Right. And um yeah, it just it makes me like sit down and just kind of like feel things in my chest. And uh, yeah, great song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it. I, I got the, got the feeling of like wandering when I was listening to it. Yes, like being lost a little bit. Um, totally. Yeah, because yeah, it's sort of like, and I get what you mean about the falling because that's sort of how the it it feels like it's sort of falling apart almost it's a yeah it's very difficult to describe but it's a it's a very yeah strange and beautiful song it's a it's a short song too it's yeah. like a minute or like 70 seconds or something mm-hmm. and so i think that also is part of the sadness of like you feel it you really connect with it and then it's like oh it's over yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it's it's so short yeah. um 
that uh, I also, yeah, it's like its own sadness that like, you know, you, you don't always get, things don't always end when you want them to. Mm, um, and so just feeling this sort of like wandering lostness and then it's over. Yeah. I, I And then connected to this person, there's just like so many layers of uh, sadness to it that I really connect yeah. with, to be honest. And your friend playing it too, were they like, did you feel like they were saying anything to you and playing it for you? Or was it just, just something that they were connecting um, with in that moment? I think it was just connecting. There is also a objectively hilarious contrast where um, he was playing me this song in the um, college music hall where we had marching band practice. Um, and so he's playing me this song that is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. In the background is one of the dumbest trumpet players, like a, a man who should not be playing an instrument. Like there's other things that should be happening. Sure. And just listening to this man, like struggle through a scale. <laughs> so like third grade level, like warmups, like right. so bad. And then next to him is this man i think kind of pouring his heart out Very in this soul, song yeah. was um in hindsight very funny at the time i didn't find it funny i found it probably rather annoying um i wanted to tell this guy to shut up and leave so yeah, i could sure. listen to this song yeah. but um uh yeah he definitely played music that he um that he uh connected to a lot sure. and um i think this was one that was like i'm i'm feeling things and this song really is like helps me it's one of the beauties of music it's like you express yourself in a way that's very cathartic yeah and uh he loved playing it it's they're cool chords too it does it's not like just basic yeah. choppy chords and uh and you can kind of get in your musician bag a little as you're playing it like i get to decide when the next chord is because mm. there's no tempo yeah, you, you like, can kind of like do what you want which is freeing you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i mean i was as, like as, as someone like, like i personally have um i, I dealt with depression um mm -hmm. not on a super serious like you know uh mm -hmm. i was never at risk yes put that yeah. way. um i'm not trying to trivialize it but yeah it was it, you know but i'm trying to provide some perspective um mm -hmm. but i think that that kind of music i listened to a lot of sad music you know when i was depressed and i found a weird comfort in it because i think basically you have someone who is like basically projecting those feelings into the world mm -hmm. and there's a connection that you can feel there because you know one of the symptoms of depression is your mind tells you that you're making it up your mind mm -hmm. tells you that like you're lazy or stupid or, you know, there are a million other one reasons that you, you're not getting out of bed that day. Um, and yeah. it's basically your fault. But then mm -hmm. you have other people who have gone through that or they, they are putting those feelings out there in a way that you can connect with and you can feel understood by it. And you can feel like maybe, okay, actually, this is this is something that other people experience and then maybe what I'm experiencing is real. Yeah. So there's a very real comfort in that. So, um, so yeah, I could I could see why that would be, like this kind of song is definitely something that, he maybe would connect with in that moment. Yeah. It, it was always fascinating watching like what songs he connected to. And, uh, he was a, he's an extremely talented musician. And so it, it was always fun too, because he would 
say, hey, look what I learned last night and would play something that it was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever. It was right. just constantly like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And just playing it right in front of me um, was always really cool. And yeah. So, yeah, just watch. Yeah, his. Because like you're saying, too, like he would connect with things emotionally, but also just connect with things with, you know, musically. Yeah. There was a, all these very beautiful layers to it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. I song six then is a song to relax too. So you've gone for Ghost Ride by Crumb. Yes, I love this band so much. Uh, recently found out my friend's brother is like the bass player, which is very cool. Um, awesome. Because I, uh, I didn't know that before I got really into them. But I was constantly posting about this band, and he was like, my brother's in there. I was like, are you kidding me? That's awesome. <laughs> um, so wild. Uh, yeah, this band is so incredibly soothing to me. Um, I love playing them. I love getting high to them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a great uh, Sunday joint, uh, iced coffee, and then... Uh, putting them on the speakers and then just sitting on the couch and just like fully relaxing and decompressing. Um, all all the different parts, uh, I, I think, uh, create a, a fantastic, like, uh, I don't know, whole. Uh, and the, what am I trying to say? The For example, I think the singer has a phenomenal voice and right. I think she's always... The filters they use uh, on the mics and the way she's mixed, it's always perfect. Um, the drums are always just like kind of in the pocket, these slower tempo kind of like, hey, we're just going to chill. Hmm. The guitar on this is is a very pretty. Uh, it's just kind of going up and down, but you feel those individual notes mm-hmm. really well. Um, and... Yeah, just I, I feel like I have a lot of pleasant, calm memories listening to Crumb. And um, this song, probably being at the peak, it's just a, a great um, chill out song. I, I I think about like rather whether I'm alone or if I'm hanging out with my girlfriend or if I have friends over, I think Crumb is always just like a great, hey, we're just going to chill and like have a good time together yeah. uh, band for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I found increasingly that this is one of the categories that it's difficult to chat too much about because you know it's a song to relax to, and you pick a relaxing song. Uh, but um, I, I I didn't know Crumb before um, before this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love this song. I think uh, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and will be heavy in rotation for me if I need to if I need to chill out. It's a it's a it's yeah. a perfect middle ground for me of like it's not it's not too downbeat, but it's just that yep. perfect sort of Yeah, I get what you mean about like like a like a sort of Sunday morning kind of feel, like mm-hmm. spring breeze. It's yeah. It's perfect. It's a really, really beautiful song. Yeah, their um their album Jinx is really, really good. That came out in twenty nineteen. Okay. Um they're uh yeah they're just uh very relaxing but i think you hit it right on it's not too relaxing to the point where i'm like all right it's time for bed it's like (laughs) i'm going to chill my friend tawny described like this type of music well like you're comfortable in your seat you feel relaxed in your seat but you're also tapping your toe 
Like you, you don't good, feel like yeah. you're going to fall asleep, but you're also like kind of like nodding along to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right in the sweet spot. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Perfect. Song seven is a song from your preteen years. So you went for Suburbia <laughs> by Green Day. This one was challenging because it was, I knew it was just going to be like, what's the, if I'm being honest with myself, it's going to be cringy. Right. Um, it's not going to be a thing that I'm like excited to show off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this is like a rock opera song and album, I guess. It's mm. like uh, eight, um, maybe, yeah, like eight, like minute and a half songs or some of them are just like 45 seconds. Right. Um I American Idiot, I think, was the album that got me into Green Day. And then I discovered, uh, you know, Dookie and Warning and, you know, all of their other stuff that I was like, um, oh, this I became a pretty huge Green Day fan after discovering this album, um, which is funny because I don't even think like that's actually a great feeling when the album you discover is not their best album because mm. then you find other stuff and it's like, oh, there's uh, way more here that I like than this. Yeah, um, and I liked American Idiot a lot at the time, um, but all their other stuff I thought was like uh, way better. Um, and so, um, uh, sorry, I'm looking at all their other albums. Yeah, Insomniac, Kerplunk, um, Nimrod. Uh, yeah, definitely Nimrod. Um, but um, so I was sorry, I keep coming back to my, my early drumming days. Green Day, I feel like is also a band that is like good for young musicians, uh, not to be derogatory. I don't mean this in any way, but like I could play, I could play drums to a lot of their songs. None of it felt out of reach. Right. Uh, not that I was by any means near what, uh, the drummer Trey was playing, Sure, but I didn't feel like. Some of the other, you know, like that first track, the experimental French death metal. I can't, I could, to this day, I can't play that on drums. <laughs> yeah, I right. definitely couldn't, wouldn't enjoy that at 13 mm. um, or 12. But um, American Idiot, I was like, oh, I can, I'm learning drums and I can play along uh, 60% of the time. Like I can play along yeah. um, and I would uh probably be mortified if i recorded that and released it today but i was definitely getting into it same with like uh guitar i was like i can v vaguely play these chords um a few years later and right. so they were like a great intro to music band for me where i felt um like i could you know uh not clip along at the pace that they were right. um but i didn't feel like they were out of my reach as a musician. Um, yeah. So I definitely credit them a lot to like how I, you know, learned drums and guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I know what you mean. Like, I think the, I think that's part of the appeal of green day is like the, the structure and the composition of the songs are relatively straightforward. I mean, it's not to say that they're not yeah. talented musicians and there's not like there's not like complicated elements to it. But, yep. you know, if you look at the basic components of the song, like, yeah, they're, they're, they are fairly straightforward. You could you could put together a band of, you know, fairly young musicians and they'd be able to do an OK version of a lot of Green Day songs. But I, say, so... I, think that's, I think that is part of the appeal. Absolutely. And they're also like 
you know, for a lot of people our age, very nostalgic. So mm -hmm. like, for example, last month I, I drove my girlfriend to the airport. It's like a 45 minute drive. And we just were like, should we throw on Green Day? We mm -hmm. both had a lot of experiences as kids listening to them. Right. And we knew every word to like every song for the whole 40. It actually yeah. made the drive go by super fast because it was like, so. whatever, 15 songs. And we knew all the words to like 14 of them. <laughs> um, and it was really fun. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they're, you know, again, a, a, a band that you kind of understand why. They're on L.A. radio stations all the time and radio stations all over yeah. um, because it's just like, yeah, this probably hits a certain, you know, hopefully positive memory for people. Yeah. And uh, they're short, easy songs that anyone can sing along to. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny that I picked Jesus of Suburbia because it's like by far it's a nine minute song. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, still like fun. And I think like. A song that I appreciated more and more as I got older, because it was like, man, this truly is like uh, an album within the album. Mm. Their second track has eight mini songs in it that all kind of blend together, um, even though it's corny and cringy listening to today. I'm still like, I don't know. I still think releasing an album and then having your second track have eight mini songs within it is very impressive. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've talked about this before, um, but I I missed the boat with uh, with Green Day. Um, yeah, because I was very up my ass when I when, you know for my taste in music and mm -hmm. um, yeah, like looking back, I was listening to bands that were not a million miles away from Green Day. Um, and mm -hmm. but like yeah, Green Day especially and Fall Out Boy, My Chemical yeah. Romance, like like did not understand or enjoy those bands at all. And now I listen to them, and I, th I feel like my tastes have changed to the point where now I probably don't connect with it for a different reason. But now I listen to songs like this, and I think I really, really would have enjoyed this as a fourteen-year-old if I could just like get over myself for a second. I had the same experience with Blink One Eighty Two as a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. I just knew everyone loved them and was like, I "So I don't like them." Yeah, and I feel like so many of my friends, understandably, are huge. Blink fans and are stoked that they're going on tour again and, and excited to see them. And I just could not get over myself um, purely just being a cocky 14 year old. I think part of it was uh, dozens of people telling me, you know, Travis Barker is the best drummer of all time. And I and I hated it. I really resented it. Not to clarify, not that I thought I was the best drummer of all time. I right. just didn't think. And I will say he is a phenomenal drummer, right. um, objectively, a you know, leagues better than most drummers. Uh, but at 14, hearing like, oh, this punk band. Yeah, that guy, he's the best one ever. Yeah. And just being like, stop, stop telling. I think what it was, it was a lot of people who know nothing about music yeah, telling me what I should that. believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah. a ton of non-musicians being, you should you should love Travis Barker, dude. I'm like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, I had the same experience with Blink because I was like, stop. Everyone's saying that they're supposed to be my favorite band. <laughs> yeah, I'll decide. Yeah, I get to yeah. pick my band and it's Green Day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that'll show them hundred percent. Um, mm -hmm. All right, song uh, song eight is a cover. So you yes. went for the man who sold the world by Nirvana. Yes, this is a David Bowie cover. Uh, similarly, was my introduction to 
Nirvana, the MTV Unplugged album. Um, I'm sure maybe I had heard Nirvana songs on the radio and never clocked that they were Nirvana before this. Hmm. But around, around the same age, like 12, 13, um, my dad had the MTV Unplugged CD and I like put it in and played it and was like, whoa, this is really cool. And he was like, oh, they're like a they're like a grunge band. Uh, they're like a rock band. Uh, they normally don't sound like this. And I was like, oh, interesting. I'll have to check it out. And then uh, got smells uh, smells like teens. What? Why am I blanking on that most famous album? One of the top selling albums of all time. Um, never mind. Of course. Yeah. Um, so was a huge Nevermind fan. Also loved Bleach. Um, uh, this also Nirvana was a huge uh, band in my life, and to this day, I still listen to them all the time. Hmm. Um, listen to Bleach, interesting way more than Nevermind, but Nevermind had a huge impact on me. Um, but my intro to them was um, the Unplugged album, which I own on DVD, probably watch once a year for the last decade. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And um, not a crazy cover by any means. I think like some covers that are really cool uh, are like the band doing their own thing, like not really yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, connected. But um, I just thought this uh, that opening guitar, and then when his vocals come in, and then the band just kind of slides in. Um, I was I was like, that's beautiful. <laughs> this is really pretty. And I heard the Bowie song and was like, that's cool too. But uh, yeah. that cover is awesome. And so this unplugged album. Uh, I have a poster of it in my room next to a uh, Green Day drum head um, and a Chili Peppers one. I will call myself out. Um, but this album um, was was so damn good. And you, then he, you know, died like two months later um, and uh, Kurt Cobain. So, yeah, I just I think this cover is very pretty uh, showcases. Uh, the guitar in a, in a phenomenal way, his yeah. vocals in a, in a great way, and uh, it's yeah one of my favorite covers. Yeah, it's a it's a style of cover that usually doesn't work for me because um, mm-hmm. it is quite. I'm not I'm not into the like strip back covers because I feel like yep. that they're like nine times out of ten boring, just yeah dull. Um. But I think when when they do work, it's typically because there's a there's an element of this sort of undeniable talent involved. Exactly, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's what it comes down to with with this song for me. I, I yeah, the guitar part is the is the bit that I connect with the most, but like the vocal really lends itself to it as well. And yeah, it, it takes on a slightly different meaning. I think um, this performance of the song, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I think it is really, really beautiful. It's so dark too. There's other covers on this yeah. album, like Meat Puppet covers, I think. Um, but and you know, maybe I'm putting in my own thoughts of like that he died, you know, months later. It and so you you think you you listen to the album differently when you think about how close it was. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like this kind of stripped down, but. Like you said, when you're that good, yeah, 
it just showcases how good you are yeah. where so many other people will do a stripped down thing and it's like it's not working hmm. yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. um all right perfect song nine is a song you would sing at karaoke so you've gone for how is it going to be by third eye blind i just think this is a fun song and i've had such a journey with karaoke um mm. i am not a good singer i have like a a um embarrassingly bad memory so like songs i will have right. heard hundreds of times when someone goes how's it go i mean i just did it with man who sold the world a song i've listened to hundreds of times <laughs> couldn't say the first four words um Sure. And so karaoke almost showcases how bad my memory is. Okay. And so completely pulling out the melody of a song, being unable to sing along right. um, without the backing uh, is always horrifying. Whenever people are like, let's do karaoke, more often than not, I say yes. But I'm also maybe one of the first people that will suggest something else. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. I just did a karaoke a, a month ago with with two friends and i bombed i was so there was a few times where i was like mid-song was like i can't i sorry guys it was a little <laughs> awkward but um it happens i guess yeah. um so i like third eye blind i think third eye blind is like a band that enough people can like oh yeah this song it kind of has like that it's yeah. not a like don't stop believing or like a song that is overdone in karaoke um yeah. that i think is like boring like objectively it gets to a point where songs will reach a certain point um where when it comes on you kind of check out as a listener or just like in the room because you're like this everyone does this this is not a good choice <laughs> i feel like how's it going how it's how's it going to be is like not obscure enough but like the reaction is like oh yeah this i remember liking this song when it came out and yeah. then whatever it's like it's fun um i don't know it's just like a fun song i think yeah yeah i was gonna say i saw third eye blind when i was like 15 and they played an outdoor show at myrtle beach and we weren't even like planning to see them we just like went there once for a vacation uh it's in um south carolina like on the east coast and uh kind of this weird little beach spot that that people will sometimes go for for a vacation and um yeah they were playing like five o'clock and i was like oh cool i i have one of their cds let's go watch they played like an hour before the sun was setting and were placed directly behind the sun so it was very funny because there were hundreds and hundreds i don't know it was an outdoor place maybe there say there was like two thousand people there watching yeah all 2,000 people had to, for the listener, I am fully putting my arm over my eyes because right. they could not see the band at all. There, I wish I took photos because there was like groups of people just facing 90 degrees, like not <laughs> facing the band at all because they physically could not see them without getting the sun directly in their eyes. And then like as the show was like winding down, the sun finally set. So they got to do like a few songs where people could see. Right. But there was literally an applause break mid-song when the sun set. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. An applause break for the sun is excellent. 
Um, yeah. Also very funny that they're they're called Third Eye Blinds and they're playing for a bunch of people that can't see them. I wish... Did they make a joke like that? They should have. Uh, yeah. Two uh, Eye Blind. Yeah. Everyone's Two Eye Blind right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Everyone's like, their first and second eyes are blind. <laughs> first and second eye blind. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a <laughs> wild, wild memory. I love that. Excellent. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the strategic choice in karaoke. Okay, I I like the sort of the inner workings of people and you know why people go for particular songs. So, but yes, I I think if you're gonna go for something that's in that sweet spot of not overdone, but it is recognizable, so that people will be like, yes, okay, yes, I am on board with this one. I know this one. I think yeah, it's a, it's a good choice for that for sure. Thank you. Excellent. Alrighty. Um, song ten is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So you went yes. for Decollage. Yes, by Thievery Corporation. Um, yeah. The album is, I think, pronounced Sawdade. <laughs> I might be butchering it. Um, it is... I don't think most of it isn't in English. Um, it is very... I feel like... Um, lounge not jazzy but uh just this kind of uh pretty i would say like pretty lounge music yeah. um and different singers throughout the the whole album uh i put in some work on this album in 2016 2015 i think um one of my first jobs was um I was a what's called a page at NBC Universal. Um, so if you'd watched uh, Thirty Rock, yeah. uh, the character Kenneth was a page, and so that Stay was my job. Moment. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's so I had that job for six months, and um, I st- I I got the phone call that I got the job. Nine hundred people apply for it at a time. Wow. And and eight people get the job. Um, and I think it's like every six months or something. So you're literally interviewing against 900 people. Um, at least it was for the year that I did it. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And I, at the time, was working at a retirement home five days a week. Right. And I was like, holy shit, I... This is the moment where, like, you move to L.A., you work odd jobs, and then um, you get your break. Right. And for the listener, don't think I just abandoned all these nice old people. I worked there on Saturdays and Sundays. So I did for six months straight seven days a week. Um, But I got the call. I'm I'm getting my dream job. I had a nine and nine hundred, you know, one in one hundred chance of getting this. Um, And (laughs) I show up. And it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> it is the worst, not the worst job I've ever had. Right. It is, it is just simply not for me. Okay. It's a lot of marketing and paperwork. And it really is like industry adjacent in a way where I'm like, I understand. I need to be patient. I just moved to LA. I've got this dream job, but this is like not even in the ballpark of like right. what I want to be doing. This is all office work. And I was so sad um, because I got my first break and it was basically for like the wrong job. And I worked with my group. It was, you know, me and eight people. Um, They all, I think, you know, some of them did end up quitting, but they all liked it. Like they also got their dream job. And 
The difference is it for them, it was much closer to what they wanted. They wanted to be working on like the marketing and publicity and like HR for these cool, you know, fortune, whatever, not even 500, like 100 companies. Yeah. Um, I was like, I swear to God, if someone asked me to like pick up their lunch again, I'm going to quit or I'm going to, th- <laughs> I'm going to kick their lunch. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it didn't connect with me. Sure. Long story, long story long. Um, <laughs> I found this album and really enjoyed it and listened to it eight hours a day. Um, whenever I was at this, the NBC universal building mm-hmm. on like the 14th floor in my little uniform, I would sit there and listen to this album over and over again to just f- until I could clock out. Right. Um, and, and so it wasn't a surprise to me at all <laughs> in like 2016, my Spotify unwrapped is like all the top five are all the first five songs on this album. Sure. Um, and so it's an album I love. It's an album I think is beautiful and I still listen to pretty regularly whenever I think oh, yeah. about a place with it. Um, I think about having a job that I was told was the dream job, like my parents crying when I told them I got it. Right. And then um, hating it. <laughs> right. Okay. And then eventually quitting to work at Earwolf, where I worked for five years, but then having to tell everyone, oh, I'm going to quit to work for a podcast. And everyone's like, what's a podcast? <laughs> you work at NBC. Why are you quitting to work on a podcast? No one even knows what that is. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to trust me here. No, this that's a bad decision. Um, so um, also you should like Blink-182 still. Um, <laughs> so yeah, kind of a negative and positive association. Right. Positive in that this was comforting. Yeah. Um, so when I need like a, a comfort, I think about my experience with this job, right. just not enjoying it, you know, right person, wrong job. Mm. And um, listening to this to find uh, some sort of inner peace that right. was like, I'm stressed because I'm unhappy, but at least this album is fantastic. And yeah, I sure. can listen to this until I have to leave. Yeah. Wow. The the thing that shocked me the most in what you said there is that you still listen to and enjoy this because I think a lot of people would be surprised by that because like like so many people talk about you know the the song that the, the their favorite song was their alarm and then they hate it like I have a, <laughs> I have one song I listen to it's Fences by Paramore um, oh cool yeah Paramore is awesome I used to listen to that song I I worked in a um I worked in retail. I worked in the mm-hmm. um, stockroom uh, for, mm-hmm. yeah, a shop. And it was in a shopping mall. And it, uh, I would get dropped off at the front door. It would take about three and a half minutes to walk from there to um, where I was clocking in. And yeah. it was roughly the length of time it took to listen to Fences. By nice. So I listened That's to that cool. like, most days I walked into work. I hate that song now. It <laughs> reminds me of that job. Like I cannot make, I cannot disassociate. And like, yeah. I think Decolage is a, like it's a beautiful song, so I can imagine yeah. that the album would still hold up. But mm-hmm. I still think if I was listening to it eight hours a day for six months, it's something I hated. I can't imagine I'd be go back to that and think, "Yes." Yeah, well, I definitely took a break from it. Um, yeah, yeah not really to. intentionally, but I think I knew that I put in so much time. I mean, like what we were yeah. saying at the top of this episode, like sometimes taking you you want to take a break from a thing that you know you like because you don't want to like ruin it for yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, 
I, so like once I quit, um, I stopped listening to it, not even intentionally. So listen to other music. Um, and then like in the last year or two, ha I have listened to it. Um, also I had like a couple years ago, a pretty, uh, crippling struggle with depression for maybe two months. Um, where I, it, I would, I would come home from work every day and almost be unable to move. I, I was just mentally destroyed. Right. I, I, and it wasn't, I don't even think it was like a specific thing that caused it, but there was just this period in my life that I, I struggled with, uh, depression in a way that I never have nowhere, nowhere near. Hmm. And I, you know, I went to a therapist and I feel significantly better, but I came back to that album again as a way of like, cause I remembered, oh, a few years oh. ago, you would listen to this to kind of relax yourself a little bit. And so uh, years later, um, or a few years later, rather, I would come back Sorry to this, to like when struggling. And so okay, maybe yeah. I find Pretty like a, a connection to, um, or, and also I listened to it just whatever. Like I listened to it this weekend and enjoyed it. Um, but I, think maybe sometimes when i'm struggling i not even maybe consciously will put this album on yeah. to kind of like try to even myself out a little bit which yeah. is so funny because most of it is not in english um <laughs> but it's like that's how pretty it is it's like i don't it doesn't need to be in english for me to enjoy it it's just a beautiful album yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah this i mean i get that there's there's an element of the the music i listened to when i was um suffering from depression that uh, so I listen to a band called Frightened Rabbit a lot and I talk about them a lot on the show mm -hmm. but a big theme of theirs is talking like they, they talk about dark themes but they they talk about it in a way that you know they end on a hopeful note like they'll, mm -hmm. they'll focus on hope rather than the depressing element um, even if it's subtle and I think that's what what I take away from it is that now you know if I am having a difficult time and I'm listening to that type of music even mm -hmm. though the music itself is very depressing, mm -hmm. the thing that I'm taking away is that it won't always be like this. Yeah, you know, This is something that I've been through before and it ended. So it's quite comforting in that way to know that, you know, even if you are having a difficult moment or a difficult time, that it's not forever. Like you've been through it before, you can get through it again. Um, So I, I, yeah, I, th I think, I think that, Music has a very uh, powerful, comforting effect in that way as well. The amount of rogue notes on my notes app that just say it'll pass, right. and I know exactly what it's referring to, sure. uh, is comforting. And sometimes I'm not in the mood for like, oh, what episode did we have that it'll pass? Oh, God, why did I have to think about that right now? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll ha I'll write that down all the time for that exact reason. Like mm. this isn't forever. Yeah. This isn't forever. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person. So you went for Hands Down by the Greek Committee. Yeah, this is just a through and through love song I right. um, that I really enjoy. It makes me think of my girlfriend, Leah, that this was kind of our our song that just like we connected to early in our relationship. Mm. And, um, you know, it's like a song that I think like 
we would play on, you know, I think would be like the song we dance to like on our wedding day. Like it's just like a beautiful song for the listeners. Right. Like the chorus is your hands down the most amazing thing about me. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. Like it's um it's upbeat, it's fun, cool guitar parts, which I'm a sucker for. Mm. Uh the vocalist is fantastic. Um and it was a just a young lover's song that I think we both were like um there's no sort of like mystery to it it was just yeah, like yeah. oh this is us we're in love and this is how i feel about you and this is how you feel about me like um we just make each other very happy and mm. so uh sometimes we'll just play that for each other like as a little wink that's like this is our song you know when people say like what's your you know what's your couple song mm. this one's just so fun and and pretty that we really enjoy it yeah yeah perfect it's yeah, a, it's sorry, a kind really, of a short one. For no, that. <laughs> absolutely fine. It's 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 an absolutely gorgeous song. Like it's a really really beautiful song. Um, yeah, again, hadn't heard it before. Um, really really big fan. And yeah, I was kind of I was kind of hoping that that was that was going to be the reason for it. To be honest, because we we love love on this show and hell yeah, um, me too. Yeah, it's a very that's very very sweet. Um, Thank you. And I, yeah, that that's that's something I'm I'm a huge a huge fan of. Like my wife and I, we have a few different songs that we go back to that are like you know our songs or the songs that um we really connect with. Like we uh, on our wedding day, we had a uh, we gave out CDs as um, uh, party favors, which was basically like it was a list of songs that were really important to us at different stages of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like I I. I I'm that's a, awesome I'm, I'm a big fan of that i think it's a really beautiful thing yeah you're the perfect host for this show <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna tell an embarrassing story but you know my girlfriend's not gonna listen to this so i'm not really sweating it <laughs> um but she thinks it's funny too one of our early dates uh was a band that we still listen to all the time uh, similar to crumb a very chill comforting band that we love called reptilians okay. um and great uh, just similar, like have a joint, relax, put this on. You'll you won't feel any better. Like it's it, it's so it's so great. Right. We saw them play, um, and I think we were just so excited. We got like drunk, <laughs> right. not sloppy drunk. Um, there were other people there that were sloppy drunk. Sure. Uh, um, and uh. My girl, we, we met the band after the show. We like bought their merch and they were there selling it. We're like, holy shit, this is awesome. My girlfriend, drunk and unsure what to say, says, we're, we're huge fans of you guys. And the lead singer, she says, oh my God, thank you so much. And then she goes, oh, for context, right next to us is a woman uh, who is going back and forth in a way that you can tell is... So drunk that she's about to like pass out. Um, we're having this cool conversation with the lead singer of a band that we love. We're drunk. The lead singer's being cool with us. My girlfriend says, we actually have sex to your music all the time. I look at my girlfriend and go, why would you say that? The moment I say that, the drunk girl next to us falls over and knocks <laughs> over a table, which actually was like the perfect out. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. So we're like, oh, let's help her up. We have to go. So nice to meet you. And I was like, Leah, <laughs> you can't tell people these things. <laughs> and so now whenever, I, similarly, like the reptilians thing, I'm like, remember when you told the lead singer that sometimes we'll put 
their music on she she honestly though was like that is the best compliment i've ever gotten she was like that fucking rocks yeah so she loved it um i was my face got so red i was so embarrassed (laughs) even though the lead singer was like fuck yeah that's the best thing i've heard all night and then um i was like we have to go this woman just fell we should leave goodbye (laughs) oh i love that oh so wild um there's um there's an Australian podcast called uh, do you know, Confessions of the Idiots. Confessions. I don't know. Um, so uh, it's actually how I first got to know. Um, were we talking before the record? It must have been before the record. Yeah, uh, Zach Rubin, and that's where mm-hmm. I first came across Zach. Um, but uh, he was on Confessions uh, with um, with the host and another uh, guest, uh, Mish Whitrup, who all three of them have been on the show, and the preamble. Um, they were actually talking about mixtape and identity um, in the preamble before they got into wow. that podcast. Cool. Um, but like, they're all very chaotic in terms of like the way they joke around and stuff. And uh-huh. they basically started talking about like, what if I had asked them as one of the categories, what song do you fuck to? <laughs> exactly. Just, they kept on going over and over again. So yeah. That's so funny. It's just funny. It's actually come up on the show now. Yeah, it actually came up. There oh, you go. There we go. Um, wow, that's awesome! We'll know the yeah, that, the, the 16th question. <laughs> yeah, only on Patreon or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, after dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alrighty. Song 12 is a song that motivates you. So you went for 11th R by Lamb of God. Yes, I've recently gotten into. Maybe I shouldn't say recently because I've kind of always been like a little bit of a secret metalhead, even mm. though I don't listen to like a ton of different metal bands, but. Um, my best friend is a huge metalhead and introduced me to Lamb of God at age 15. And I had a bizarre experience with it because the same week he introduced me to them, my grandma, who's now 94, um, asked me to burn her a CD of the musical The Jersey Boys right. and um, asked for it. I... Um, uh, simultaneously my best friend burned me an album called lamb of god um with their album wrath my grandma a devout catholic saw a cd that said lamb of god i think you could pick up where it goes from here she brought it home tried to listen to the entire thing she claims it is in full hour of capital h heavy metal and came home and said or came when the next time she visited said i I didn't really like the music you burned for me. It was it was way they were shouting and it was so loud and sounded mean. And I thought you were going to burn me the Jersey Boy CD. And I said to my best friend, I said, where did that Lamb of God CD? He said, I left it for you. I don't know. Um, so I always think about that when I think of Lamb of God, which I listen to at this point almost every day. Um, right. They're extremely high energy metal band, but not metal to the point where it's like, hard to follow along yep. like um as a musician i think it's very like palatable sometimes i try playing it for friends they're not really into it whatever you know each genre is like subjective so some you know a lot of people aren't aren't metal metal people which is yep. fine um but uh <laughs> when i'm like when i'm in the car alone lamb of god plays you know 50 percent of the time right and um 11th hour again i keep saying high energy i should come up with better adjectives for words uh for songs but 
oh man, it's just immediately I'm in. Um, and sometimes I just need to listen to music that, um, allows me just to like pull the stress out of my body. Mm. Um, and this, this band does that for me. Um, a band that I didn't really listen to for, for most of my life, really in the last year specifically is the most I've ever listened to them. When my friend burned me that CD at the time, I was like, this is cool, but it's too crazy for me. But Mm. I, but I see why you could like it. I see why people could like it. Yeah. And then last year, I don't know why I was just like, I want to check. I liked that one song that he showed me called set to fail. Um, which quick, funny story. So he is a a guitarist, the best guitarist I've ever seen in my life. And he auditioned to be in the jazz band at Elmhurst, uh, uh, the Elmhurst college in Chicago. And, um, the audition did not specify what to play. It just said, perform us, play all these scales, play these two songs, and then play us any song that you have prepared yourself. So he played all these jazz scales. He played five different jazz songs. He played all these classical songs, crushed all of them. And then for the last thing that he did was like, okay, and then this is my performance, a song called Set to Fail by Lamb of God. They didn't know what it was. They just said, great, assuming it was going to be Bach or Mozart or something, and then proceeded to play the heaviest song I've ever heard in my life. And then the, the rule the following semester was the music that you play had to be jazz or classical. So he created a rule that the university then had to start implementing because they were like, that is objectively impressive what you're doing. It is nowhere near anything we will ever be playing at this school. It's Um, like when you have labels on bleach that says, like, do not drink. You're like, there's a story there. There's a reason that that's on there. Yep. There's a reason it's there. (laughs) And so uh, the first and last metal song performed at the... Uh, jazz department's uh, auditions. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, I love Lamb of God. They're they're really fun. Um, some cool documentaries about uh, them. And the drummer, the former drummer, the original drummer, Chris Adler, I think is one of the best drummers of all time. And um, just really fun to watch. They just seem like normal dudes um, who are yeah. all metalheads. And um I don't know. I just really, I really connect when I connect with musicians that just seem like normal people. It's, it's yeah. really annoying watching some docs where it's just like, Oh, this guy sucks. Like he's a, <laughs> he's a yeah. multimillionaire celebrity that wants nothing. He never wants to be like his fans. He right. he always wants just to be up here and everyone else is, is down here. And that yeah. sucks. Fuck that. Um, I didn't watch the uh, what's his name? Machine Gun Kelly documentary, but I heard it's a lot of that of just like the thing is he's annoying Um, and maybe there's some (laughs) human parts, but I would. uh, So watching this where they're just like they have day jobs and then became Lamb Mm. of God. I was like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. So, yeah, really enjoy this band. Excellent. I I had a weird thing listening to this because like. I've never really massively connected with heavy metal music. Like there, there are certain bands that I listen to that, that like veer into that kind of territory. Like Biffy Clyro is a band that I, I absolutely love and they, they have like heavier songs. Yeah. Um, or used to, um, mm-hmm. but I, I find this weirdly accessible. 
as someone who's not really massively into heavy metal, I think metal, it is. I like I I was very aware that it was like heavy metal music in mm-hmm. quotation marks, but it it felt very like I was like there was nothing about it that I found jarring. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't anything that I felt, yeah. like felt didn't feel any discomfort listening to it in the way that like I I sometimes did listen to heavy metal mm-hmm. music. I think part of it is the and I'm saying this as a compliment. I think like Randy, the lead singer's vocals are palatable in a way where even though he's like shouting and doing the like blah, blah, blah voice, yeah. it's you feel like you're listening to a song. It's yeah. just like the vocals are, uh, you know, in its own way. And but the drums and guitar and stuff, although fast and cool and fun, aren't I think I'm probably biased. I don't think they are unlistenable in the yeah. way that some other like uh you know swedish or like the viking metal stuff or like right. extremely high-pitched vocals when they hit those like extremely high notes i i don't really like that mm-hmm. um not that it's bad it's just like it's its own you know it feels like genre the like kind of screamo-y yeah sure. and sometimes i think it's it can be too fast to a point where it's like i can't I can't even process this. Mm. Whereas like with Lamb of God, I always feel like I can follow along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Perfect. Song 13 then is a song that someone introduced you to. So you went for people vultures by King Gizzard and the lizard wizard. Yes. Probably my favorite band today. Um, my friend Brett, who I worked at Earwolf with had an extra ticket um four years ago maybe to a gizzard concert and i never heard of them before i think i vaguely knew like oh yeah they're like a rock band right like why not i'm not doing anything tonight yeah and was immediately like holy shit this band's amazing um they're they're super cool and they're playing different genres which is wild um and there's like eight guys there's two drummers that guy's playing a harmonica there's like all these different guitar players what's happening but it's cool right and then um they played people vultures and i was like this might be the coolest song i've heard in a while and um another song that they played i really liked called road train so i went home googled the set list because of course people like made made the here's they what they played tonight on their like subreddit yes i immediately made a spotify playlist of that of their set list and listened to it nonstop. um so that year i think of my top five like three of them were gizzard and and giz was my like top uh band uh that year and i think maybe last year too they've been a, a top band for me for a while and um their uh, catalog is uh, extremely dense. They have over 20 albums, I believe. And wow. um, they've only been a band for like 10 years. Um, in 2017, they released five albums. Uh, last month, they released three albums, um, which was wild. And wow. I... Uh, I think they're awesome, and we were extremely lucky. The lead singer, Stu, did Hollywood Handbook, a podcast I produced uh, last year, and was super cool and nice and and fun, Um, and 
I, I, I love this band. I listen to them all the time. I think they're super fun. And this song, I think, is a great like intro uh, if you're interested in them and kind of like, you know, interested in what they're about. I think yeah. People Vultures is like a, just a fun rock song. Yeah. Yeah. I am fully on board. I, I again, not a band that I listen to. Um, yeah. Or like a, very similar to like the experience that you described there, like vaguely aware of them. Sure. Um, yeah. Because um, in the Discord that I'm in, I. Obviously, a lot of people had um, King Gizzard as the uh, top artist. And, you know, a, the big reason for that is just, you know, huge number of albums and content to get through this year. Um, yeah. Which made a lot of sense. Um, but this this song is so up my alley. Like, I cannot <laughs> properly articulate, like, how much I love this type of music and how much I love this song. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely perfect. And yeah, if, if 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 that's why you've picked it as a song that people will get into, yeah, um, the band from ten out of ten, it's great. Um, also, I think I feel like a lot of people, and understandably so, you know, say the complaint of like, which I don't agree with, but I understand it. People saying like Rock's dead you know, classic rock, 70s, 80s, even 90s with like grunge and stuff like rock was always so huge. And then like in the last 10, 15 years, it's just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, I don't agree with it. But I do think like if you listen to a band like King Gizzard, I think you very much feel like, oh, no, rock's still kicking. Like rock yeah. is still strong. And like this is a great example. Um, yeah. Brett, well, what a show that we worked on together, who charted this, this topic would come up every now and then. And I think he had a great response of like, it's sure. It's not as big as it was, you know, in the seventies with like Led Zeppelin or the Beatles or some shit, but he's like, there are so many good bands, good rock bands, good alt rock bands that just aren't as popular as some of the mainstream artists today. Um, but they're still really good. Like, I don't think you can make the argument that there's not good rock music being made. It's just not as popular as like, some of the, you know, awesome like hip hop and pop music being made right now. Um, yeah. That's like way more accessible and mainstream. Um, so, yeah, Giz is, is super fun. I, I love listening to, um, you know, there's they have at this point like hundreds of songs. It's it's so wild. But yeah. Um, yeah, dip your toe into this one. I'm sure if you type in like an intro to King Gizzard. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of formula that's like, if you like this kind of music, try out this album. If you like this kind of music, try out this album. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there's one album they did. I believe it's called KG like two years ago that I think is like their most accessible. Um, I feel like I've I've heard it played at like bars before. Uh, right, um, right. And um, just a very fun. Oh, no, not KG. Sorry. They have 19 other albums I'm skimming through, <laughs> but I know exactly what the cover looks like. Um, Butterfly 3000 came out last year. Okay. Um, I think a super accessible album that you can, most people will just like it. Yeah. Um, uh, some of my favorite albums, Nanagon and uh, Infinity is really good. And um, what else do we got here? Uh, Infest the Rats Nets, a more punk, hard rock one. Uh, Polygon of Wandaland, all one word. Good luck f- typing that. <laughs> and um, Murder of the Universe. So, a mm. lot of lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. And great band, great band. Yeah, absolutely. This is this. I 
like as I, said, I haven't listened to enough of them to make the, like a valid comparison. But mm-hmm. um, there's a band I love. Uh, if you listen to much of the the Raconteurs, of course I saw them live. Yeah, me too. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing show. But um, that's how I felt. Listen to the listen to this was like I find another another Raconteurs because like uh, that yeah. is like for me they're a perfect rock band like the um like blues based but like experimental and different and yeah like a lot of storytelling and yeah there's just a lot about a lot about this song i really loved so it it genuinely made me very excited because i like i have a lot of episodes to get recorded before christmas but after that i'll, I'll be knee deep oh man you'll you'll keep you posted because there's a lot and uh <laughs> It's cool. Um, my girlfriend's family also got into them last year and were like, wait, there's like seven at the time, like 17 other albums. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like they aren't rock people like I am, but they're like deadheads. They love Grateful Dead. And I was right. like, oh, yeah, I could see Grateful Dead people liking this band. Like there's just all these different connections that keep coming back to this band that I think is pretty cool. Yeah, Um yeah, and I had a wild, uh, quick story, uh, Raconteurs experience where I went to Lollapalooza, um, like five years in a row from like, I think 2006 to 10 or something like uh, around those years, Raconteurs p- played. I, um, went with two buddies. One of them had a ticket. Me and the other one were like, we'll just, we'll get a ticket when we get there, which was stupid. Everything was sold out. We were like, what do we do? We like took the train into the city. There's no tickets. Um, he, we like scalped one. And then I, uh, was walking down the street and found a wristband on the ground that said security and was like, let's just try this. I was 14. It was so insane that this worked. (laughs) So we walk up to the front. We have like four wristbands. There's three of us. And they're like, that wristband doesn't work. And then I pull out a wristband that says security. I'm a kid. And she goes, all right, you're good. And I was like, what? Oh, you know what we did? We threw a wristband over the fence. Um, right. Because okay. they didn't. It was pre-scanning. So, um, yeah, someone threw one over the fence. My friend jumped into the bushes, got the wristband, came back. We were able to, like, slide in that way. Wow. I didn't have one. I used a wristband that said security. I don't know why I didn't get kicked out immediately. We saw Raconteers. My friend said, give me that security wristband. I want to try to go backstage. Right. I said, good luck. Gave him the wristband. After the show, he comes back holding a guitar string. I said, what's that? He said, Jack handed me his guitar string broke on the like his last song. And as he was walking off, he walked over and just gave it to me. So he has like his E string from that Raconteur show that... Now, in hindsight, I was like, why didn't I just take the wristband and go backstage? Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah, but it was super cool. Amazing. All right. Excellent. Okay. Song 14 is a song that you wouldn't expect to like. So you went for Whoops by Kay Tempest. Yes. A like uh, British poet, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I was introduced to them. At all. It might have just been some, like, Spotify shuffle thing. Sure. Um, but, yeah, they're just, like, a cool... Uh, I would say it's kind of 
rap kind of poetry. I mean, you hear it. It definitely feels like poetry. Yeah. But they put the the production behind it is really good. Yeah. Um, and it makes it feel like cool, cool hip hop for sure. Yeah. Um, so that album, I, I come back to every now and then. And I feel like if you were to like make um, uh, Let Them Eat Chaos, a 2016 album is really good. Um, and I feel like if you were like we were just talking about with Gizzard, if you you could make all these connections with all the bands I listen to, yeah, K, I feel like they're <laughs> they're in their own world. Like right, I sure. guess I guess you could because I do like rap. I guess you could connect it to it's closer to rap than anything, but yeah. um, I'm definitely not a person that's like let's throw on some poetry. Sure. Um, not yeah, that there's yeah. anything wrong with that. Poetry is awesome, but um, this was just to me like we were talking about with. Kurt Cobain being just like undeniable to me, this being a genre I'm not very familiar with. I thought they were undeniable, like with this song and with this album, it's yeah. cool. It's extremely vivid in the story that it tells. Yeah. And um, they, they keep saying it's 4 18 AM. And then it's just like all these different things happening. Yeah. I, I imagine like in London at 4 18 in the morning, yeah, but yeah. they're so clear with the story that it's, it's genuinely like fun to listen to like oh yeah. yeah this is when this thing happens this is when this thing happens yeah and then like there's cool beats under it so yeah, yeah this is just to me like a fun song i enjoy uh listening to yeah i'm a sucker for lyrics and this was honestly like such a great song for me yeah i, I absolutely love this uh, yeah the the poetry of it is insane it's such a it's such a simple story at its heart and i think something that um you know that sort of working class mentality of you know getting your paycheck and immediately uh spending it on spending it yeah it's like it's such a we've all seen it it's a it's just a relatable concept and um so beautifully told and yeah it's it's I think we said undeniable um, is, yeah. is a good word for it. Like the, the the talent is insane. Like I don't think anyone could listen to this and not at least be impressed. Like it may not be mm. your thing. It may not be your type of music, but like it, God damn, it's impressive. Like it's, uh, it's, it's so great. I'm such a fan of this. There's so many, just looking at the lyrics now, there's like so many moments that I always really enjoy. One of them is uh, Pete's 14 doors from home and his thoughts are like a pack of starving dogs fighting over the last bone. Yeah. The imagery of that is like amazing and yeah. like also relatable. Like sometimes when I feel like I'm like dealing with like, uh, I'm really struggling with anxiety or a panic attack. I think about that lyric of like, my yeah. thoughts are starving dogs right now. Yeah. Um, and there's like a funny moment about um, <laughs> like hitting on someone at the club and saying like, um, Hey, do you want to hear some of my lyrics? Oh no. Oh yeah. Right. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a moment where they like just straight up get denied that I thought yeah. was really funny. Yeah. Like in music, you're just so used to hearing like everything went, everything went smooth and that was cool. And it's like, Nope, they tried to like impress someone. And then the person responded, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, it's I cool. Like, yeah. Of cor- course not. Um, no, it's, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, I'm all, I'm sure. All of course not. Tribe. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. What was I thinking? Um, Which, yeah, it's really brilliant. funny. Yeah. Um, uh, 
so yeah massive 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 fan of this and um so you're saying the 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 album is similar if you know from album's great into, yeah, um okay. yeah let them eat chaos um they tell a story like throughout the album it's like a concept album um and then there's these Basically. little like i said like things that kind of keep coming back um different things happening at 4 18 a.m that's really fun and okay. um just yeah it's also like very political and talks a lot about like uh the uk and like um but also like gender identity um racism shitty po politicians and stuff like uh they're definitely like very clear like with um who uh their their feelings on europe and right. uh how they feel i don't know i i connected to it even not even live i think that's another reason why i liked it was just like uh when i first heard it i, I was like i'm also a young person that's mad about the world right now and mm. the way the world is going yeah. Um, like the song Europe is lost is great. Um, and I think anyone at any age can connect to it. Um, because I think everyone has been like young and mad about the world and right. Kay's ability to tap into that is relatable and expand on it and, and make it extremely vivid is chilling. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, yeah, that's again, it's another thing I'm definitely getting into because I absolutely love that. Great album. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Song 15 is a song that you think everyone should listen to. So your song is Told You I'd Be With The Guys by Cherry Glazer. Yeah, this was probably the first band when I moved to LA that I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Uh, a, a band, I would say... um, an, like an alt rock band um, that initially was a trio or maybe had four people. The synth player, uh, Sasami, broke off and started doing solo projects that I also thoroughly enjoy. Uh, um, definitely check them out. S-A-S-A-M-I. Um, phenomenal music. I've seen Cherry Glazer a few times live. Loved it every time. Um, saw them at an awesome venue in Los Angeles called the Wiltern. Uh, extremely high energy at times, just like straight up punk. People moshing. She's mooning the audience. <laughs> um, super like fun energy. Also like, um, the guitar. If you love Raconteurs, you're gonna love uh, Apocalyptic, uh, which is their 2017 album that I think is one of the best albums of of that decade. Mm. Um. I was in a band at the time and like forced everyone in the band to listen to it like top to bottom because um, it's so good. Um, right. I think it hits the um, like this song too in particular uh, showcases a cool guitar riff. I really like songs like this. That's, you know, um, similar to man who sold the world. I guess you could, there is a pattern with me of like songs that start with like a cool guitar lick just yeah. for like eight bars. Mm. Um, what's the Wreck and Tears song that's like, it's like they're uh, one of their, Consoler of the Lonely. Um, similar, similar, um, uh, yeah, Consoler of the Lonely has a similar guitar part to this Told You I'd Be With The Guys that just kind of starts with this 
um cool guitar riff then the then the drums and bass come in um that i just think like rocks like it's just it's great modern rock music um she kicks ass she's a badass um Mm. i love the sound of her guitar that like electric buzziness um i don't know enough about guitars to like accurately describe it but it just reminds me a lot of cool hard rock bands and um yeah apocalyptic is a phenomenal album that i think everyone should listen to Mm. okay perfect again fully on board i really really enjoyed this and actually this took me by surprise because i i I do this thing a lot and i talk about in the show and i actually talk about it something that i used to do but i still do it where i will listen to a song from an artist that i really really like and i will assume that that artist is that thing Mm -hmm. and just sort of you know that's the box that they sit in um because i've i've had a jerry glazer song on the on the show before and it was uh rabbit hole Mm -hmm. which is a lot poppier yeah and that's basically i thought because i thought like cherry glazer cherry pop kind of vibe that's kind of the energy that i got so i i just assumed that they were like a a pop band um or like a pop artist so this song really surprised me Um, yeah but i've i think it it falls right into the sweet spot for me now where because i used to be only about rock music and this year has been a massive year for me in terms of really getting into pop. So, nice. um, yeah, I'll listen to anything now. So I'm, I'm, again, this is another album that I'll be excited to listen to. Yeah, this one's really good. Um, at this time too, and and still to this day. But um, I was listening to a lot of like female fronted alt rock bands like this, and sure. this one was just one of the coolest. Um, like high energy super fun live like we were talking about earlier awesome live show i've seen them three times once at a, a big venue like this one at like a smaller kind of rock club and one where just the lead singer like was doing like an acoustic set for like an art exhibit or something but it was literally just her and acoustic guitar just playing like five of her songs and i like couldn't believe i was five feet away from her um so it's and and she crushed all five or she crushed all three of those performances that I saw. So just fun seeing like this album top to bottom is amazing. And then knowing that like, they seem like cool people individually yeah. and also great live performance too. Super fun. So excellent. Excellent. All right. Perfect. Well, a great note to end on there, Kevin. So um, at this point, I normally ask, is there anything that you want to plug or promote? But I know there's, <laughs> de- there's definitely a big thing for you, isn't there? Yes. So for the last eight months on and off, um, but it's very on for the last couple of months, I've been uh, creating this big video project um, called Where the Potty At, P-O-D-D-Y. And it is me reviewing a completely made up podcast that I made for the sake of the review. Uh, I made it with some of my friends and I put all these like scandals in it um, and I very proud of it. It's on YouTube. Um, it's called, yeah, like I said, where the potty at it's on what's, uh, called the flagrant ones, their YouTube channel. So you can find it there. And, um, yeah, I've been, uh, writing it for months and then filmed it a couple weeks ago. If you're interested in kind of the behind the scenes of podcasting, it's, it's very like educational. And I talk a lot about my experience 
over the last seven years working in podcast and things I've learned. Um, all of that is through the lens of this fake podcast, basically. So okay. things will occur on their podcast that I'll discuss and then talk about my experience in podcasting and like what you can learn from that. So there's a 30 minute part one that is on YouTube and then part two is on the flagrant ones, Patreon. But yeah, I've uh, never done anything like it before and I'm very proud of it. So it would mean a lot to me if you could check it out. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the big one. Perfect. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. This was so much fun. And that is it for episode 47 of Mixed David Identity. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, to check out more of what Kevin's up to, go and follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'll put the links in the description of the podcast. And where the party at? So yes, I have now watched that. It's excellent. Uh, Kevin described it very, very well. But um, yeah, someone who's relatively new to podcasting, I actually took a lot from it. And it's very funny, very slick. It's very, very nicely done. A really interesting idea, really interesting concept, and yeah, I think he's done a great job with it. So yeah, go go and check that out. Absolutely. If you like this show and you want to support it, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. If you're in a position to support us financially, then there is a coffee link set up, so you can throw us a couple of pounds for an episode that you enjoyed, a couple of dollars or whatever. No monthly obligation there. Um, so yeah, you can just buy me a coffee. That's what it's called. That I think. Um, and yeah if you're not in a position to do that then support us in other ways uh, give me a follow on Instagram uh, engage in the content tell your friends get more people listening like, share, review, rate all that good stuff um, it's been an awful lot of support this year and it's very very much appreciated I'll be back next week for a special end of the year show um, but in the meantime look after yourselves and we'll speak to them.